Your official station to talk Jets. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Right, two o'clock. McMonigle here with you. 877-337-6666. So I told you, I've been seeing these commercials on my phone for something that I don't know how I feel about it. So, I, of course, when you're looking for something, I should have taken a, 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 um, a screenshot of it. But I can't remember the name of the company. But there, there is a company, I guess, that if you send them a picture of your lost dog. You're not lost. You know, your dead dog. Your pe- your do- your pet that passed away. Not necessarily a dog. I guess it could be a cat. But your deceased pet that they will make a stuffy, like a stuffed animal. My kids call them stuffies. I apologize. A stuffed animal of like the exact like to scale exactly like them. I don't know how I feel about that. Like on one, um, and I, I don't know what happened. I don't have a dog. I don't know what I'm, I'm not buying dog food or searching for it. Why, why it's popped up on my phone twice a day for the last week, I have no idea. But I guess I've talked about my sister's dog a lot because she's coming for the holidays and she has a dog and my son's allergic, so it's a little bit of a problem. We got to lock him up. So, I mean, maybe I've talked about dog. And you know how your phones listen to you. But I don't know how I feel about that. Like, I, in one way, it seems very maybe therapeutic and cathartic to, like, give a hug and have. But at the same time, like, that's, like, things that are gone should just be gone, right? I don't know if I want. Then, like, where, where do we draw the line? Like, I lost my, I lost my father when I was 19. Like, I, I don't know. Like, it seems weird. I know this is a weird topic at 205, but it's been on my mind. And sometimes you think about this. I'm thinking about doing a segment called Thoughts from the Road. Because I drive it every morning for like an hour and a half, hour and 20 minutes. It's Even with no traffic, it takes me an hour and 20 to drive here. And I think about a lot of things. And this has been on my mind. The conundrum of whether or not that's a good idea. And if we did get a dog with my kids, and unfortunately, you know, that dog passed away, would I want to get them a stuffed animal of the exact I don't know. I, I struggle with it. I'm curious about it because I understand both sides of it, but I, it just seems seems off-putting to me. 877-337-6666. All right, let's stop talking about weird things and get back to the phone calls. Max in Long Branch. What's up, Max? Hey, what's up? What's up, buddy? Okay, so, you know, you were talking about football before under Daniel Jones and Dable. So, obviously, I think everybody would agree with you if – Belichick is up for grabs. you got to entertain it. But I want to bring up something that people don't talk about. It's almost like taboo, but maybe it's something you should entertain. Okay. Is it crazy enough to get a Belichick left day and hold on to Dable? Try to keep Dable on the offensive side of the ball. Let him be a quarterback Mm. coach. Let him be a coordinator of some sort. A.M. Nightly. I know people don't like it, but in a way. It's not people don't like it. Um, Brian, Brian Dable won't like it. But Dable, Bri- you can't. No, you can't. Back? You can't go from head coach on the same team from one year to the next. He can't be demoted to um, uh, 
to I offensive coordinator. It's not. It's it. it's the team. Like there's a there's an issue of the team respecting him more. Like and there's just I, I don't know that they wouldn't respect him. I don't know if that's a, a poor choice of words there, but like uh, you can't go from being the head coach having someone come in and take your place and then but you're still running the offense. Like I just it it doesn't make any sense. He can go get another offensive coordinator job. He did a wonderful job in Buffalo. He won Coach of the Year. He can you know I mean he won Coach of the Year just last year. I mean, he could play it off as, hey, look, Bill Belichick came and took my job. I was ready to draft a young quarterback, and and away we went. I I won coach of the year. I won a playoff game with Daniel Jones and this lousy Giant team. I I worked up Josh Allen to being an MVP candidate. He's regressed the second I left. I think he could get an offensive – I think he might get another head coaching job possibly, but he certainly can get an offensive coordinator job somewhere else as opposed to, you know, eating the – disrespect for lack of a better term of being demoted on the same team. Like it's not, I don't have a problem with it necessarily, or you might not have a problem with it. Or as you put it, people might not have a problem with it. Brian Dable's going to have a problem with it. Why the hell would Brian Dable want to be demoted with the same group of guys that were calling him head coach last year. Now they're going to call him offensive coordinator. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. You can't in front of the same group of guys be demoted like that. It loses he loses like an element of of respect unfortunately. Again, I don't know how else to put it. Like you can't be the head coach and then be demoted on the same staff and have Bill Belichick come in and take over. Like it just doesn't work. Charlie and Beth Page, what's up Charlie? Hey Mac, how you doing buddy? Everything good? Everything's great, Charlie. How are things with you? Very good, except I tried to try to get a few words in the other night. You hit that kill button quick on me. I don't remember that, Charlie. I'll take your word for it. I'll try and be more no kind. Big, no big deal. I kindness, it is kindness week this week. And uh, okay. Coach, McLeish, Coach McLeish said to say hello to you when I saw him out at the semifinals out at Hofstra. Oh, you know, yeah. Coach, you know Coach McLeish, do you? I, I do know Coach very well, and I know he was your coach. We've talked about it, and... Actually, Coach Jackman said to say hello to you, too. I oh, Coach Jack, you, you were hanging out with Coach Jackman and Coach McLeese. How are they doing these days? They're doing very well. Your, uh, your old school is in the county finals against Garden City. Is he, are they, uh, are they, are, I don't think, do either of them still work for Car- with Carrie? Uh, no, they're actually, uh, Mike Stanley is the coach. Right, right I know Mike Stanley's the coach, but I thought, uh, I wasn't sure what Jackman was doing, and McLeese had left, was still working as a uh, was like the sports program director or something, I wasn't sure if he was still affiliated with the school at all. I knew he wasn't the head coach anymore, but He's I thought he district eighteen, your old school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, has all, he has all the schools. Yeah, I mean, I, I, would, I would, I would like to say hi. So you guys, uh, he he told you to say hi to me. I'm glad uh, he's yeah, aware. They of... Both said to say hello to you. And Jimmy heard the story. When we were talking about Coach Aiello in the weight room. He was yes. hysterical that night. Yes. Uh, you were giving that story. It, so, his, uh, the sweat went right off his chin, right into my mouth. Yep. I'll never forget it. It was disgusting. And he was there in the weight room, and he told me. He was uh, hysterical. That's funny. He was coaching his son in the lacrosse game that I was officiating. Okay. And he, he was having a good laugh with it. So yeah. he, your old coach said to say hello to you. And been coming up with some great stories about you and the team and okay, the nickname cool. Mongo. So it was all good stuff out of Hofstra this past week. Oh, very cool. Very cool. But uh, listen. Did you uh, see the them? Tell them I said hello as well. I definitely will. Okay. Uh, with Bill, Bill Belichick, I can't stand him, of course, being a Jet fan mm-hmm. and what he did to our Jets. And I don't see Giants being a good fit because you guys are going to rebuild Mo now. 
San Diego, that is a very interesting because they're, yeah. they're set to go. They just don't have a head coach out there. They got the quarterback. They got the players out there. And it would be perfect. Uh, I think it is I a good. I do. Those, I think it's a good fit. Plus, he. I think he likes the the California uh, area out there. Um, I, I could see that being a very good fit for Belichick. Yes, I mean, I just can't stand the guy being a Jet fan. He's made sure. like miserable. Yeah, I can understand. Way he failed. He, be, he, be, he quit on a cocktail napkin, and he despises your franchise. I don't know why. I mean, I guess he had the problem after Mr. Hess and everything like that. He had a problem with uh, with uh, Woody. But I mean, to quit the way he quit, and then do you remember the? Do you remember that documentary? It's actually a really good documentary, Bill and Bill, or whatever they called it, where it was him and Belichick and their uh, um, excuse me, him and Belichick, Parcells. him and pa- him and Parcells and their relationship. Yep. And yep. there's a scene where they're they're leaving. They it was like at the end of the documentary, and they did most of the interview from the Giants locker room or whatever, and they're leaving the facility or whatever, and they say, "Do you guys want to just take a, a step inside the Jets locker room?" And Belichick is like, no, no, I'm not going in there. I got to go. I'm not, I'm not stepping foot in there. It's like he doesn't even want to walk into the locker room. Like, I don't know why he has the disdain and hatred for the Jet franchise the way he does. I, I'll never understand it. But, yeah, if I were a Jet fan, I would hate him too, no doubt. Yeah, he, I listen, if he, if he goes winless for the year, the only two games he wants to win that year are yep. the two Jets. Well, he's one for one so far. You can't. You got to figure out a way to win the last one. Even if you're oh, not, God. even if you're not relevant, even if the, even if they're out of the postseason, even if even if you're playing for nothing, you have to beat the freaking Patriots. I mean, you just have to. But you know what? That game's coming down. Listen, I think our Jets season long over. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, I mean, I, 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 I tend to and, agree with you. Yeah, I'm ready to move on to Mets and Mendoza, but. Uh, but with with that, the Jets, I could just see the Jets needing to get in that game to win, and win it. They would only have to be able to win the uh, division, and they go up there and they would bite the bullet and lose because they just don't beat them. And the last couple of years, I thought we had we would be beating them. Well, what are we sixteen in a row now? It's yeah, just, we can't beat we can't beat them, and it's kind of embarrassing. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it is kind of embarrassing. It's it's unbelievable, Charlie. I, I don't know how one team could have such dominance over the other. And especially recently where, you know, they're without Tom Brady and still with Mac Jones, you're getting beat. I mean, whether it's, and he has, and the defense he puts forth against, you know, a team that now, you know, it's missing Judon, it's missing the star players. It's, it's, it's a, you know, a shell of itself. The whole team is a shell of itself, but I mean, still against Zach Wilson, that he makes Sam Darnold see ghosts. Zach Wilson looks like he can't throw the football. I mean, just I don't know what it is, but the quarterbacks play their worst games against Bill Belichick and that defense. It's unbelievable. Chris and Shrub Oaks, what's up, Chris? See Mac. Hey, what's up, buddy? How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. You know, you? I had a, I had a call in. I'm doing good, thank you. I'm mm-hmm. working. I'm on my bread route, and I was in Mayapack, and I heard Gary call in. Listen, Gary, if you're still listening, I'm a, I'm 51. I've been rooting for them for 41 years. Most guys that most quarterbacks that get to the NFL can make those throws. I, I know he does not have it upstairs. Yes. What don't people get? I don't, I don't get understand it. Understand this? I'm sick of calling about Zach Wilson. I know. He sucks. I know. He I'm, sucks. I, I, I'm sick of arguing about it too. It makes no sense to me. I, I don't, don't, I don't understand. understand. I don't understand either. Like it's not He's like. Not 
back. No, it would be one thing if he was winning if he was winning the Jets games, but it was ugly. And they were, and and he but but he was doing enough. He threw a couple touchdown passes, and I was still on here going, "Hey, look, I know you're winning games. I know it's been okay, but I still don't trust the quarterback. He's not good." That would be one thing. Like he's losing games for you, and you still defend him to the to the end of the world. Like I don't get it. I just he don't makes understand. Like five it. or six. He yeah, five like or so, six good throws. Yes, and, and, he, he's, and he's like, oh my god. I know, and he's made a couple. Like someone just sent one of the guys who just a nonstop on Twitter about this with me sent me the picture that that throw he made where Garrett Wilson dropped it right at the front pylon of the end zone. No doubt, Zach Wilson with a flick right. of his wrist threw a ball right. In, I mean, just you couldn't have thrown a better pass. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, whoever. You can't throw a better pass than Zach Wilson threw in that spot. That's that's a fact. I would never. I can't argue it. It's it's the truth. It was drop pass, but I mean, he put it right in the bucket. It was a perfect throw. Great, great. It's one of a handful over the course of the whole season. And how many missed throws? How many poor? He's fumbled. Eight, he's fumbled eight or nine times in the last five or six games. I mean, he, he, every in the big spot he throws picks. Oh, but it's a lazy route. Every time it's a lazy route. Every time, like he he does this yeah, every what, what game. What about when he throws it? What about those throws when he's got the the running back wide open? He throws it at, at his, his feet. feet. Yeah. They don't talk about that. No, they don't talk, talk about, about that. that. He sucks. Yeah, he I mean, does not have it upstairs. No, he so, can't. He, he can't. Uh, and Chris, you're a little uh, you're spiking a bit when you're yelling. But thank you for the phone call. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand it. I don't understand how we can still defend them. I don't know why the need. He's not even the future. Of the like you're gonna have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback next year. Like why do you? He's not even the future of the team anymore. Like the Daniel Jones. Now he's not playing, and so no, I mean, I'm still saying these things, but not many people are because he's no longer you know out of sight, out of mind. But I feel like the Giant fan is at least backed off the idea of Daniel Jones as a top 10 this. Uh, you know, he could be the best quarterback in the division. He's this, he's that. Like, the Giant fan has kind of gotten off that. I would think, mainly because he's been hurt and he hasn't played, but you know movie, the, the future is now done with him. It's over. And, like, that's the same thing with Zach Wilson. Like, whatever you think of him, like, he doesn't score, you don't win, and he's not going to be your quarterback next year. So why do you feel the need to defend him to the to the hilt? Like he's just not good. He doesn't he doesn't go through his progressions. He doesn't make good throws. He doesn't score points. He doesn't give you sustained drives. Like none of it. And if you say oh, who could make it work, I'll give you two words: Mike White. Look at what Mike White did last year and the year before. The best performances this team has gotten out of quarterback, the most points, the most yards, the most touchdowns, without fail, have been other quarterbacks. Why is that? Why is that? Why was why was Joe Flacco, as limited as he was, still able to throw touchdown passes? Why was Mike White able to step in and have 400 passing yards and throw three touchdown passes in a game? Why was he able to go and beat Cincinnati and put up enormous numbers and put up big-time numbers against Chicago and and like have the entire team rally around him? Why was it possible for Mike White to do it, but Zach Wilson can't do it because the offensive line and the drop passes and the this and the that? Was, the, was it the same offensive line for Mike White? 
Why would there were no drop passes for for Mike White? Like I don't understand. Every other quarterback, hell, Josh Johnson threw three touchdown passes in the game. He came in in relief. Every single other quarterback who has stepped in for this Jet team since Zach Wilson took over at quarterback, every single other guy has done far, far better. Even in limited, like even in uh, one game in limited work, just still better than anything Zach Wilson has ever done. Like, why is that? Why is everyone else able to do it but not him? It, it's just, it's exhausting to continue to have this argument. He's just not very good. You don't have to like it. You can call up and argue it, but he's not your guy moving forward. He's not. It's over. It never, he never was. The minute Rodgers got here, the idea they still played this game and had him as the backup quarterback is just mind-boggling to me. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. It is good! Skies has kicked the Giants to the Super Bowl after missing at the end of regulation and Tide runs into the tunnel to our right and the New York Giants are going to Super Bowl 42 in overtime they beat the Packers 23-20 when New York sports happens talk about it here the fan 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app So I, this actually played at, um, I went to uh, the piano bar in Harris uh, Resort Casino in uh, Vegas, and they have the two pianos. I don't think it's called the dueling piano bar. It's just because they're not dueling necessarily. They're just, uh, they, they sing the songs. They do a good job. They take all kinds of requests. Uh, and are they terrific? No, but they make, they, they can play almost any song. And someone requested Pony by Genuine. And they made some, you know, poor drunken fool in his 40s or 50s, it looked like, take off his shirt and dance on the piano. I was like, oh, my God. All right, I'll do it. No, I'm just kidding. Nobody wants to see that, right? Nobody wants to see a picture of me and Marash. you bunch of haters. 877-337-6666. I had a good time in Vegas. I can't believe it was a week ago already. I left. I want to go back. Morning, looking for my next trip. I want to go to Key West. That's the next one. I want to go to Key West. My wife has been a bunch of times. That's like, I love I love going to Vegas. It was a bit much, and you're going to find out this weekend they have this Grand Prix race. The amount of stuff that was up, the amount of traffic, it, it, took, it took forever. We ended up walking everywhere because it just took forever to take a cab. It took forever. And it was, you know, it's beautiful weather out there this time of year. It was great. I was so comfortable. It's like 68 degrees. It's perfect. I was walking around with a hoodie. Could not have felt better about life. It was tremendous weather. So we we ended up walking a lot of places because the, there's so much going on. So I'm interested to see this race a little bit. I actually saw something called the Netflix Cup I was unaware of. Um, they're having this big promotion out in Vegas where it's half golfers, half um, some of these Formula One racers or something, and they're playing like speed golf where they hit it, they run into the cart, they're driving as fast as they can down to the ball, they're hitting it. Like it's not even just the, the score. They're also like playing speed golf or or whatever. Like it actually looked pretty interesting. Uh, Bert uh, Kersher or whatever his name is, the comedian who had the the story about being the machine with the Russian mafia and everything, he's he's a part of it and everything. It looked kind of fun. I didn't I didn't know that was happening, but... I didn't get a chance to play any golf in Vegas. I would have liked to. 
But we had a good time. But man, it's it was crazy that and it was weird walking the strip. Just there's tons of fencing and tons of gating and you can't just walk down the strip. You like you get a point where now it's blocked off, so you gotta go upstairs and up a ramp and then across and then down, like just to go and then just to go back the other way because you can't get across the strip. So you literally would have to go upstairs because all the elevators were broken. You had to go upstairs, across, down, walk on the other side of the strip just to get back onto the other side you wanted to stay on. Like it's such it was ridiculous. And now they're gonna do this for ten straight years. Like they signed a ten year commitment to do this race once a year in November. Like so every time, every you know, every year this time of year, it's gonna be crazy to go to Vegas. I would think maybe the prices will come down. So, because it is a hectic time, and people got—I'm sure a lot of people didn't like it because it takes forever to get around. But so Jets and Giants in town over the last two weeks, then this Grand Prix, all that with all this um, fencing and gating and seating—you could see the seating on the strip. I heard the seating. I heard it was crazy money to get a ticket to sit on the strip for this race. I heard crazy money, thousands of dollars, thousands, tens of thousands. Crazy. I can't imagine paying all that money to see a race. You sit there, the cars zoom by, you wait for more cars to zoom by, then you do nothing for a while. Then they zoom by again. It's just, I would never understand it. Never understand it. 877-337-6666. We talked about it. The Knicks had a big win, 116 to 114 uh, over the Hawks. But unfortunately... Mark Jackson was not on the call. Mark Jackson, you heard earlier in the year, obviously he was let go of uh, from ESPN. Uh, and he was supposed to do, you heard earlier in the year, he was tapped to do a handful of games uh, with the team. And I think he was supposed to do these entire five games filling in on MSG, but for um, for Clyde Frazier... But apparently last week, it all fell apart. And it's because Mark wasn't going to be able to travel with the team. It's a weird story. So there's a coach on the Knicks right now, Darren Ehrman, who is a part of the 2014 team that uh, of the Golden State Warriors, the 2014 Golden State Warriors uh, organization and team when Mark Jackson was the head coach before, uh, before um, Kerr. And obviously there was that scandal, if you remember. Darren was the one who was accused of, and I don't know if they 100% proved it. I think they did. But he was recording. Um, he was making recordings of players and, and 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 Mark Jackson himself. And it was a big, he got fired. There was lawsuits. It was a big thing. So I, I guess Mark has come out since uh, this story first broke. And his, he said that, he a week ago he canceled this knowing the the situation wasn't going to work out. Now he could have flown commercially, he didn't have to fly with the team. So I don't know who was the one who said, I'm not going to be on the plane with him. I don't know if it was the Knicks. I don't know if it was Mark Jackson who said, I'm not going to, I won't be anywhere near this guy. Or the Knicks said, Hey, it's just going to be an uncomfortable situation. Can you fly commercial? He didn't want to do that. It can be a, hus- a, a bother, especially doing five straight games. You want to fly with the team, it's easier. But ultimately, it didn't work out, and so the the thought is like, well, I mean, you know, this guy's kind of a an unsavory guy that you have on your staff here. He's taping players, and now you can't have Mark Jackson. And I don't know who ended this, but like, I kind of understand it from the Knicks side. Like, whether this guy was wrong or right, like whatever the situation is, 
whether this guy was wrong, and, and clearly if he's taping private conversations against people's knowledge, he's wrong. But like whether this guy's right or wrong, they've seen past that. Now, he's been on coaching staffs uh, and other places since 2014, while Mark Jackson obviously has not had another coaching gig. But like this was something that, A, should have been figured out, but, B, like if you are going to hire this guy as your assistant coach and you're willing to overlook the fact he was taping a previous coach and, and some players and he's on your staff, then he's on your staff. Like He's on your team. And if it's going to be a problem being on the same plane with a fill-in broadcaster, like whether it's Mark Jackson, whether it's whomever, like I have no problem with the team saying, hey, look, he's our coach. If it's going to be a problem, then the guy can't be on the plane. Whether he's right or wrong, or whoever, it's, it's not about taking sides necessarily. Like if you had a problem with what, like if it's such a, 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 a unsavory thing to do, then you shouldn't have hired him. Like that's in his background. We're all, you're all aware of what he did. So like if you feel like this is something where you can't have his back in this situation, then he shouldn't have been hired on the staff at all. But if he's there and if he's part of this coaching staff, then yeah. Like, if it's going to be an issue to be on the same plane or he doesn't, you know, or, you know, Mark Jackson doesn't want to see him, he doesn't want to see Mark Jackson, they have to figure something out. Now, Mark, you are allowed. I'm sure they would have paid to fly him commercially. He doesn't want to do it. He doesn't want to have to worry about, you know, booking his own flights and whatever else. So just a weird situation, something else to, you know, go around the Knicks, which has always, you know, always had these side stories, always something always going on. And I was looking forward to it. Obviously, um, what's his name? His name escaped me. Who's on the broadcast today? Uh, Johnson. Gus Johnson. We hadn't heard the Knicks in a long time. And he's very good. He's very good. He was good in the game. I like a lot of the things he says. Up by a penny. I thought that was good. Like he, he does a he was it was good to hear Gus Johnson. And Gus Johnson and Mark Jackson have more there, you know, there goes that man again. Mark Jansen as opposed to Wally Zerbiak, who if you remember from the Carton and Roberts days, Carton calls him the most boring man in sports uh, entertainment. But Wally does Wally did a decent job. But yeah, you were looking forward to seeing Mark Jackson. But it's just it's a it's a weird story, and and you know I think the initial thought is is kind of like you know well who's this guy why why can't we have Mark Jackson it makes no sense one this should have been figured out way earlier and Mark Jackson came out and said yeah I canceled this thing a week ago when we realized it wasn't going to work out. So I don't know how they got so far down the line before they realized, yeah, this is going to be an issue. But I do understand, like, if it was going to be an issue, I do understand the Knicks backing their coach. If if this, like, if this is a for a back for a fill in broadcaster, whether it's Mark Jackson or anyone else, like, if you can't have your coach's back in that situation because of something he did, then you shouldn't probably have him on the staff. Like, if he's on the staff, you got to back him. You got to back him. Whether it's he's the unsavory guy, whether he was wrong in that scenario between him and Mark Jackson or not, it's just a weird thing. I don't, I, like, I, I don't understand why that is. That had to come out, and it's like a weird little story hanging around the Knicks. But ultimately, the story was the Knicks played well, and Julius Randle has played well the last five games. They had a moment here where this is what good teams do. What I like about this scenario is you always it's and it's a, it's about good coaching too because they're down. With about five minutes left, they're down seven points. They call a timeout after a little bit of a run. The game was like a one-point game one way or the other. I think the the uh, the Hawks were up a point. Uh, the Knicks missed a couple shots. They got a, uh, 
a dunk off a rebound and took a seven-point lead, and you could feel the game kind of spinning out of control a little bit. Knicks call a timeout and immediately, like immediately, come out and score eight points on two on three possessions and retake the lead. Like that is that's what good teams do, and especially off the timeout. Like right off the timeout, you need a basket there. So they call a timeout. They get quick, you know, quickly makes a three pointer. He's been huge for them. He's, you know, he's he's shooting the ball in a, a good clip. He's getting to the foul line. He's instant off, offense off the bench. He's done a great job. He comes with two straight baskets to make it 99-101. And then Brunson hits the three, hits another three-pointer off the hard assist, and they take the lead 102-101. And just like that. They come back and take the lead. That is a sign of a good team and a well-coached team and a well-prepared team and a team that, you know, is going to come out and make themselves known. And they do it without R.J. Barrett, who's dealing with migraines, which sucks. And he's come out this year and shot the ball way better. And if he can shoot the ball and be someone who you is a legitimate threat from behind the arc, that could change the dynamic of this team a little bit. And right now, you know, some of the question marks um, – you know, Robinson is an absolute beast on the boards right now. Julius Randle has turned his season around. You know what Brunson's going to be. You know what hard is to this team. Uh, you know, quickly, who I just mentioned, didn't get his contract to start the, the contract extension to start the year. He's playing for money, but he's playing extremely well. He's an important key to this team. Hartenstein off the bench is an important key to the, uh, piece to this team. The only They don't really have a four. when They don't have a backup four when, when Randle's off the floor. But besides that, they're deep. Their nine-man rotation is, you know, really deep. Uh, Quentin Grimes is shooting at a pretty good clip too. He's he's turned himself into a nice shooter. Like they've got a lot of answers, and they can they should beat teams like the Hawks on a nightly basis. But we know, unfortunately, where it goes. But that was a good win against the Hawks. That was a good win, and we'll say the other thing: the in-season tournament. Does anyone care about the in-season tournament, like, at all? Fleeks, you're a Nick fan. I saw you tweeting about them today. Do you have any any interest in the in-season tournament at all? Not only do I not care about it, yeah. I judge anybody who does. Yeah, Like, I if, the, if the Knicks were to ever win and they raise a banner in the garden, I am done. Yeah, I know. That would be... I agree. There's no reason. I, I, I don't know anyone who cares about it. I can't imagine caring about it. I have no idea what the standings are. Uh, in in this group tournament play, I have are we no gonna start idea. doing first half, second half in baseball like yeah. they do in the minor leagues? Yeah, because <laughs> listen, as a Mets fan, hey, hey, we're in. You're baby. usually good for one of those. It's the other one that that bothers you. That yeah. first half trophy in 2021, uh, 2022. Let's go. Let's go. Same thing for the Yankees. Um, but and and the courts are hideous. I couldn't watch the game. The Bulls, the red, the all red court. I couldn't watch the game. I felt like the Nuggets one with the blue was yeah, really hard on the yeah. eyes too. Oh my god! But the red one, I felt like um, I felt like Jerry and, and uh, Kramer when when uh, Kenny Rogers restaurant came in with the red light. Like I couldn't even watch the game, and I just don't know who would possibly care about this thing. I know they do it in soccer, and I understand. Listen, there's money to be made. The players want to win everything. You want to win everything, and the Nets were running up the score the other night. The Nets these games tiebreakers are. Uh, our um, margin of victory, so you're going to see teams not give up at the end. You know, w- still fight. They would, they were forcing turnovers with 11 seconds left to try and score as many points as they could. So that brings an element of, I guess, excitement to it. I don't know, but I have no, no interest whatsoever in who wins this tournament. Like none, zip zero. 
I, I can't imagine anyone caring about who wins this thing. Like, as a player, you want to win anything. Like, I get that. They can, any kind of tournament, they, you know, it, I want to win. Why not? Like, I'm sure, you know, these guys want to be the first team to win it. They want to be the first team to win this and the NBA Finals. Like, they want to be, it'll show even more of a dominance, I suppose. I don't know who would consider it that, but maybe they could sell it that way. Like, not only did we win the NBA championship, but we won that stupid in-season tournament, too. You couldn't catch us in uh, December, and you can't catch us in June. You know you're going to get one day, like, a team gets eliminated in May or June, right. and the players, you know, take heat from the fans, especially it happens in a place, you know, like here, Boston, yeah. Philly, yeah. and the players, like, you know, kind of snap back and be like, listen, you know, we won that in-season tournament for you. <laughs> Shut up and what appreciate it. Yeah, I know. Like, imagine, yeah. like, you know, if Julius Randle embarrasses himself in the in the playoffs again, yeah. but the Knicks won the in-season tournament. I know. What do you think the celebration for that is going to be like? Do these, do they go, do the, does the... Does the confetti fall and running into each other's arms? In Vegas, probably. Yeah. Neutral site. Yeah. It's going to be weird. Like, if a New York team ever does win it. Right. There's no – like, you cannot honor that. They will. They will in some way. I don't know if they'll hang a banner, but they might. For the inaugural one, uh, maybe they would. I I wouldn't put it past the Knicks. Would you put it past the Knicks to celebrate something? No, I wouldn't put it past anything. Chris, I think they would hang a banner. They very well. Might. I think any team that wins this is going to hang. Yeah, back. you know what? I think I think they will. I think because the league wants them to make it seem like a big deal. That would be something. In season tournament champion, New York Knicks. Unbelievable. I just I I I don't care at all. I don't care at all. The, the, Actually, I, you know why I might care? Because it'll bother me if one of the many teams that I've rooted for my whole life that hasn't accomplished anything wins something that doesn't matter and tries to tell me that it does. That's when I'll care if they do win, right? And try to tell me, yeah. You, well, at you least know. they got you gave you something here, yeah. When, when twenty years without being competitive can't win the NBA Finals, but right. here's an in season tournament. Well, I mean, listen, would you would you like? Uh, I don't know. Uh, does does it? I, I'm honestly, I paid so zero little attention to it. I have no idea. Is it East West? Would the finals be an East Coast an East team versus a West Conference team? Like, or does it matter? Or is it? Just I think so because the groups are still within the right, conference. Right. So I mean, like, so let's say the Knicks beat the Nuggets. To win the in-season tournament. Is there anything to say, hey, look, whatever we might think about it, there was some level of added, uh, you know, excitement to it and interest in it and pressure to it. And they showed up big against a team that's clearly better. Like, does that make you feel any better about heading into the actual postseason or no? I mean, until they do what they do in the postseason, it might make, hey, you know, they can win. And then when they lose, it means nothing. No, well, of course. Right. Once they lose, it means nothing. But what I'm just saying, heading in, would you feel like, hey, you know what? Under pressure, this team has shown me something here to win this series, to win this thing against a team I deem better than they are. Or Sure, that's yeah. fair. Right? I mean, I suppose. But we're going to get to the plate one day. Someone's going to win this, and we're going to be arguing with it. Because like, there are fans that latch on to anything. Yeah. No, I'm sure. Listen. There are guys calling me, telling me Zach Wilson's a good quarterback. There is someone who's going to call and say, At least hey, you listen. got good. Gio and Boomer got great. Oh, yeah, I know. I heard that guy. He's a great quarterback. What are you guys talking about? You know what you're talking about. He did make a nice throw, uh, uh, Fleegs. You got to admit, he put the ball, he threw it. He flicked his wrist and put the ball right in the bucket. You have to admit, that was a good throw. 877-337-6666. And I'm not telling you Zach Wilson's incapable of making good throws. He's 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 a he, you know, he's the second overall pick. Of course he's capable of making a good throw here and there. I just don't think he's 
you know, he doesn't do it enough and they don't score enough points. Listen, on five to six out of the 60 snaps every game, Zach yeah. Wilson looks great. Yeah. It doesn't matter what happens the other 90% of the game. Right. He's, he's clearly good enough to make you look good for five snaps, Chris. What's the matter with you? All right, let's see what Dave thinks about it. Dave and Midwood, you're on the fan. What's up, Dave? But I think if a team wins a tournament, you for sure hang up a banner. Because it's uh-huh. just like winning a division in baseball. In the baseball, the, the division is basically like an NCAA tournament. And then you go to the playoffs to win no, but, the championship. Yeah, but it's not like... It's not like one of the. I mean, no, it's not like winning a division. I'm say that by run that by me one more time. I'm not sure what you're trying to say, because theoretically, it's like the you could season, yeah, where you and then you the, you have your division, so you won your division. That's the regular season. Now there's the postseason, right? Which is another tournament, right? So it's the same thing as winning a division, just on a well, a I mean, smaller. I, I, it's the same. How is it the same? No, but the. Winning your di- winning your division sets you up for a better positioning inside the playoffs. That's what it's about. It's about winning your division, true, and beating everybody in in front of you, uh, and winning your division over uh, one sixty two. If we're talking about baseball or whatever, but like the idea, like you could still win this. If you win your division, you're going to the playoffs. Theoretically, right? It's pl- it's possible to win this in season tournament and miss the playoffs. Well, then why do you think a banner for winning the division? Oh, oh I hear you. Oh, you're using it as the you're you're using it as the banner. You're you're mainly your banner argument. Okay, I get that. You do. You could you could uh, listen. They'll hang division banners for the 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 teams like uh, the Dodgers who lost the series. They should have never lost. Got embarrassed in a short series against the Diamondbacks. Yeah, you you could definitely. I, I get that. I get that. There's still a division title, even though you were embarrassed or had a miserable finish, or it doesn't mean anything. Ultimately, it's it's considered a failed season. Like last year, the Yankees won a division, won 99 games, and then got swept in the ALCS. And everybody treats it as if it was an out and out failure. But there'll be some sort of recognition. Uh, there was, there is some sort of recognition to that being a successful season. They won the division, but this is not winning the division. This is a tournament. This is a handful of games. That you you deemed important when there's otherwise no importance to them. Like this isn't like beating your. This is winning a, a small little midseason tournament. This is this is Christmas. This is Valentine's Day. That's this is Valentine's Day. This is Mother's Day. This is just a way to to get us to go buy cards and presents and 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 you know stoke the economy. Like this is just trying to bring interest during the football season. And and get more eyes on basketball, which I get, I understand. I'm not mad at necessarily, but I really don't care. Like I I know Evan. I'm sure Evan right now. I, I'll I guarantee you, if the Nets are in this in this tournament, Evan will get up for it. I have no doubt in my mind. I have no doubt in my mind. There will be people who are like that who just go, hey, look, it's a tournament. I'd rather win it than lose it. And I get that, of course. If you're gonna be in it, you might as well be in it to win it. I I get that. And I'm sure I'll, 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 if the Knicks are in it, I'll be rooting for them to win it. But the minute they win it, I, the minute they, how many rhymes can I say? The minute they win it and in it, they're in it to win it. The minute they win it, I won't care. I'd be like, oh, nice. Okay, cool. Now let's finish. Let's hopefully finish the season strong and not make, a, uh, make this the high point of the year. And if they lose it, I'll be like, okay, they lost. Like, I don't think I'll care. But sure, in the moment, I'll be rooting maybe harder than an average game. Sure, 
fine. It's also seven games in this in-season tournament versus, like, for baseball, yeah. what you do against the teams you play the most over the course of 162 games. Right, right. Uh, granted, but I think he's just, he's just saying that if you... You we still hang banners ultimately that are somewhat meaningless. Like I guess you could, you know, you could win a division and then fall flat on your face and lose three games, and still, well, why? Yeah, we won the division. But I, yeah, I agree with you. That's much more of a significant. You played a full season, and you were the best team in your division. That means more to me than a quick little trip to Vegas and a tournament that nobody gives a damn about. That. I, yeah, I just, I don't know. Well, and they, the division now means less only because they made the playoffs more of, like you said, more of a crapshoot. Right. Like, this is just a made-up thing plopped in the middle of the season, right. arbitrate random games. Yeah, no. This is, it's it's literally Valentine's Day. It's a made-up holiday for all of us to just pay attention to and get focused on. And you Hallmark know. should sponsor the in-season right. tournament. It's a great idea. I'm not kidding. The whole thing should be Valentine's Day themed. Have, like, you know. Hallmark, little teddy bear. The championship should be a teddy bear with a heart box, heart box of chocolates. Be perfect. Where are we on breaks? I've kind of lost my track. Do you, am I good to like 55 or you want me to break now? All right, we're good. We'll get back to Jerry then in South Hackensack. What's up, Jerry? Hi, Chris. How are you today? I'm, you know what? I'm really doing well. There you go. Hey, that's a good thing at, what, 2.48 in the morning? Hey, um, yeah. I want to talk about the Yankees and Cashman. Um, I don't want to go through Cashman's accolades because there's a lot of them. The guy's going to probably become a Hall of Famer in my mind. He is a Hall but, of Fame. Uh, he is a full Hall of Fame executive. There's no doubt. Yeah. So, uh, and I can't blame Hal for this mess because you know, unlike his father, he won't go over his self-made budget. But do you think it's fair to say since 2009, he's spent at least top five in overall payroll since that time? So the guy spent a boatload of money. You know, no doubt about it. So I'm hoping that this has the flair, the flavor of 2008 after the 2008 season, right? When Cash convinced Hal to open up the checkbook, because if I'm if I'm Cash, I move heaven and earth to get Soto. Yeah. Okay. I signed Snell and I signed Bellinger. Well, I mean, if you want to solve the problem, is one fell swoop. Now Soto's going to take a lot to get. I mean, you're going to probably lose King. You're going to probably lose Dominguez. You're going to probably lose no. top prospects. No, no, no. Not, get, oh. not Dominguez, no. And not King and Dominguez, yeah. no. I think you could lose. You think? No, I think you're going to lose. I mean, I don't want I think to. You're gonna, don't I, th- I, think that, I think what you would do is you're going to lose two top pitching prospects and one of Schmidt or King. So I think it's King and two top pitching prospects or or um, uh uh, who did I just say? I'm losing my mind. Um, Schmidt. Schmidt, thank you, Jesus. Or Schmidt and two that's better right. pitching prospects. Like I think that's I think that's what you're looking at. And maybe a, 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 a minor uh, bat prospect. But no, I don't think for a rental that you're going to have to give $500 million to, I really don't think you have to give Dominguez. Maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like every uh-huh. single trade scenario I read and all this, like none of them have – they don't even have Peraza in them, let alone uh, Dominguez. Really? Yeah. Well, hey, listen, I'm all for that. I just think you should move heaven and earth. Yeah, I agree. I really do. I mean, what has what this team been missing since 2009? You know, it's a big left-handed bat. I mean, I'm um, not a big Cashman analytics fan at all. But you have to admit, other than last year's uh, unmitigated disaster, his analytic worked. I mean, the Yankees, the Astros, and Dodgers are the only three teams to make the playoffs every year since 2017. Yep. 
unfortunately, his analytic just does not translate into playoff success. Correct. It, and it's, it's like insanity. Yeah. You keep rolling out the same thing and the same thing happens. Correct. Well, so, I mean, listen, I, 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 think you just, I think you just put it into his perspective that is 100% accurate. I really do. Overall, the Yankees do a good job building a team that's good enough to win, and then when it comes down to it, they don't. And, and and there's a lot of reasons for it, and I don't hate every decision he's ever made. I think the 2019 team is good enough to win the World Series. They just didn't. Like, there's a lot of teams like that. I mean, and, and, and what I'll tell you is, you, and you brought up the second point you're 100% right with, is that eventually, if you have a group that continually does not work together and play well in the postseason together, you have to make changes to that group. You can't just say, hey, well, look, they're really good. They won 99 games. Hey, they're really good. Like, eventually it's like, yes, they are good. Yes, they get into the postseason. But for whatever reason, this group does not play well together in the big moment. You have to – you got to get someone else in there. you got to change it up to hopefully get someone in there who does play well in the postseason. You're 100% right. I mean, I, I look back at the, the the championship series against the Astros last year. Yeah, and it, it tells the whole story. You know, the Yankees were afforded 108 outs. They struck out 50 times and batted 135. That, that's the that's Astros it. didn't hit the. Right, the Astros didn't hit the cover off the ball. Nope. They batted 235. Yep, they only needed 102 outs. They only struck out 25 times. And I'm not saying those 25 out differential all led to productive outs, but if you right. go back. And watch that series. Some led to runs, and that's how razor thin the playoffs is between advanced. Yeah, but it, I mean, I, I guess, but it was still home run. It's still home runs to me. It's it's still the Bregman home oh, run. I, it's it's still the you know it's it's still the um, McCormick home run against Cole. Like it's 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 the big home runs that they didn't win games with rallies. I understand your point. Listen, you want to strike out less, no doubt about it. Of course, um, but I still don't think it was that. Yeah. But but your point is here's the thing. Like, let me ask you a question. Honestly, who's a better who's okay. a who's a better player, Aaron Judge or Corey Seager? Who's the better player? Who would you if you were starting a team tomorrow? Who do you want on your team? Uh, I, I'd have to go with Judge, even though I'd love for him to have his come to Jesus moment. In well, the that's I, I don't think there's any question. It's Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is the better player. If I was starting a team tomorrow, I want Aaron Judge over Corey Seager. Corey Seager went nuts in the playoffs, and Judge hit 180. Like, if your yeah. stars aren't going to play like stars, you're not going to win. It's it's that simple. They didn't hit. The reason why Corey Seager is celebrating a championship and the Texas Rangers are celebrating a championship is because him and Garcia and Avaldi and those guys, the guys they brought here to perform in the postseason, performed. It's that simple. What Glaber Torres hit against? What did Glaber Torres hit against? The Astros in that series. What did Aaron Judge hit against the Astros in that series? What did Giancarlo Stan hit in that series against the Astros? What did they do? You want to know who the one guy who hit was? Bader. The one we all hate and were miserably traded. They traded away for Montgomery. If everybody hit like Bader, they might have won that series. Bader had a 1.2 OPS. Corey Seager hit home runs and came... Came in, came through in the big spot, and Judge failed miserably. That's why the Yankees lost, and that's why the Rangers are celebrating a championship. It's that simple. Your players got to perform. I, I, you know, it's that it's that easy. Judge hit one to the warning track that was caught at the end of game two. Corey Seager hit home runs. 
Jorge Soler hit home runs for the Dodgers, uh, for the for the Braves. The 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 defending World Series champion Dodgers in 2021 traded for Turner, for Trey Turner and Max Scherzer to add to their team. The floundering Atlanta Braves, who were one lost weekend away from the Mets away from trading away and selling as opposed to adding, traded for Jacques Peterson and Jorge Soler. Which two would you rather add to your team? I'd rather have Trey Turner and Max Scherzer. But Max Scherzer couldn't pitch. Trey Turner didn't do anything. And Soler hit home runs all over the place. So the Atlanta Braves won the NLDS and NLCS and won the World Series. That's why. That's why. Jorge Soler went off. Jorge Soler is not a better player than Trey Turner. Jorge Soler is not a better player than almost anyone on the Yankees. Neither is Steve Pierce, who won World Series MVP for the, the Boston Red Sox. Steve Pierce won the World Series MVP, went through the postseason like a man possessed, hitting home runs all over the place, big hits left and right. He was a free agent at the end of the World Series. You know what he signed for? A one-year deal worth $6 million. Well, why the hell would the World Series MVP and a dominant force in the postseason only sign a $6 million contract? Because he's Steve Pierce, and he'll never do it again. You figure out how to make sure Steve Pierce is on your team come postseason time. You make you make sure to know to trade for Jorge Soler as opposed to somebody else. Uh, you know, now there's Corey Seegers who you give money to and come through. There's them too. They need Judge to be that guy. They need Judge to be that guy. They need Stanton to be that guy. They need hopefully Juan Soto or or Bellinger or whoever they bring here to be that guy because they could do everything you want. Look at the... The, the, the Padres have Manny Machado, who every Yankee fan wanted. They have Juan Soto, who every Yankee fan would give an arm and a leg for. They have um, uh, Tatis, who's one of the young superstars. I know he's had injuries and suspensions, but one of the young superstars in the game. They have Xander Bogarts, who hit home runs against the Yankees in the 2021 wild card. Like, they have all these guys couldn't make the playoffs. The Yankees could do everything you want. The Yankees could go get Yamamoto. The Yankees could go get Clay Bellinger. The Yankees could trade for Juan Soto. The Yankees could get Snell as well. The Yankees could sign every single free agent and trade for Juan Soto and bring in Otani and still lose to the Minnesota Twins because Mitch Garver went off. I know he's not with the Twins anymore, but you get my point. Like, that's how it works. He's with the Rangers, actually. But they could, I mean, that's how it works. You could do everything you want them to do. And I'm fascinated to see what I'm, I, if that happens, do we still kill the Yankees in Cashman or do we just go, oh, what are you going to do? Our guys didn't perform. Okay, I know what we'll do. I know exactly what we'll do. We'll kill Aaron Boone for.